Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Rubble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries for a limited time. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and an advocate that Daphne is smarter than Velma. My guest today has more podcasts than I have wigs, which is really saying something. You know him from a slew of popular era podcasts like Super Ego, James Bonding, and Pistol Shrimp Radio. Not to mention his co-hosting and producing role on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Let's give a big juicy welcome to Matt Gorley. Hi, Matt. It's so good to see you. <laughs> it's really good to see you. How are you? I'm good. I think you have probably like one of the most impressive backgrounds oh. that I've, had, I've seen so far. In- I just thought you meant the background to my life and character. <laughs> I'll take it, Dude, But I'm like right behind you. Like I've never seen a... Those are beautiful guitars. Oh, thank you. I, I It's funny that, you know, on the Conan podcast, when we were Zooming from home during the quarantine, Conan had guitars behind in them. And eventually Sona had a shelf shaped like a guitar and it just became this theme. Should I get a guitar? Yeah, you should. There's probably <laughs> one in there if that place has anything to do with Conan. I think he has them yeah. by the doorway in every room. True. I my background at home is just my wigs, and I feel like I should get a wig <laughs> in the shape of a guitar just to. <laughs> I don't know. I something tells me you are a master of the wig more than I am a, anywhere <laughs> close to being a master of a guitar. So that it, maybe that's your instrument. You know what? I feel like I, I should just learn both. I think <laughs> I think that's going to be my market as an artist from now on. I'm quitting comedy, podcasting world, and I'm going right to wig guitar artistry. I'd <laughs> love to join you because I don't want to. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I can. I can play a wig. You can play a wig guitar. I think just <laughs> a wig. That does not just, exist I mean, yet. just a wig. I think I can. If if it's yeah. a wig with character, I I can have fun wearing it. See, I think that's all. This I feel like not many people understand the joy of having a character in a wig. No, it really. And and something very germane to this podcast is I've often prided myself. I have I have like flawless wig dar. I can tell you when someone's wearing a wig. Really? Yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good. But there's times where I'm like I you know I think the best way to live in this world is to assume everyone's wearing a wig. Smart. That way you're generally surprised when it's their actual hair. That's true. A lot of people get mad when you try to snatch their wig off, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, mom, I get it. I know it's your hair, but I wanted to check that time. <laughs> I've we've known each other for a while. We've met. You're you're now one of uh, several comics that have been on the show now that have through, that have, I've met through the cruising system. <laughs> Not yes. sorry, that's another means something else <laughs> in the gay world. I know that. <laughs> well, that's that's for our wig time. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I feel like that's that was the first time we've met, and then. And then the world ended after that. That's right. <laughs> yes, we were on a performer's cruise performing. 
and what a strange beast that whole thing is pre pre COVID obviously. And I think I'd never go back. I don't think, I think, I think it would be not smart uh, to go back to the thing that helped cause. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. But I also being the forefront of a pandemic, that might be the best way to go. I feel like being in the background, not being a star player in the last two years was really. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities, Solomon. I'm hearing you. I get it. Let's, let's, um, so this is, this is all about gossip and how people grow up. And that's kind of where, where, where I enjoy like, and I know you're Whittier, California. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Born and raised. Born and raised? Where's, so where's, is it North? No, from where you are, Whittier is yeah. east. It's kind of southeast. It's at like the far extreme of LA County before it turns into Orange County. So there is a f- mm-hmm. little bit of that Orange County rot creeping in. But at the same time, <laughs> Whittier is its own little phenomenon because it's actually a pretty big, long city. And it's surrounded by freeways, but because it's a big city, it took a while to get to any freeway where I live. So we were kind of in this weird little island that wasn't freeway adjacent. It was just kind of lost to time a little bit. That's kind of cool. I've actually never, I feel like I've been near and around and by because it's, yeah. is it Disneyland that's not too far? Yeah, Disneyland is in Anaheim and Knott's Berry Farm is even closer. So I, I grew up very theme park steeped, even though Universal was my favorite as a kid, but... So you just like you didn't mind doing the longest trek possible to the theme park. I mean, it made, you got to work for <laughs> like, it. It made it pay off so much sweeter. <laughs> I look. I've got to agree. At the time, especially when we were younger, the Universal Studios did have have the experiences. Uh, the backdraft room was my favorite. Oh uh, yeah. Which on a cold day, that was the best. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. If you are a little pyromaniac oh, yeah. in the eighties and nineties, uh, and I was, was. <laughs> I, I so lit was I. my bed on fire, my whole bedroom on fire. What? Yeah. <laughs> How? Now you have do you have to tell me what? Well, because I was exactly what you said. I was a little pyro. Like I, I didn't go to my. Eighth grade graduation dance because I had finally figured out how to make electronically charged blood pack squibs like they have in movies. So I stayed home and was just like setting them off on me outside. And but what? and so I was so into that kind of thing. And I it was like going around school that you could take a stick of deodorant, which I was also seventh or eighth grade. It was the first time as uh-huh. a boy I'm using man's deodorant, right? Yeah. And you could light it on fire and it would be like, you'd carry it in the case. It'd be like holding a torch in the movies. So I was what? doing that in my room, but then I thought, well, I got to get it out. So to extinguish the flame, I shook it like you would a match and the whole stick of deodorant <sighs> rolled, flew out of the canister, rolled under my family's antique bed that was in my room and the whole mattress just went... <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. I didn't know that deodorant was flammable, but I did know that non-dairy creamer is flammable. What? Are you so serious? So the powder non-dairy creamer. Yeah, I didn't me and my know friends, that. I'd like <laughs> Yeah, me and my friend uh Ruth at the time when we were younger, I would just go to she lived in the th- third floor of an apartment building and I go to the balcony and I just do a slow, steady stream of non-dairy creamer and she'd oh run at the bottom and it just shoot right up in flames. What? Oh my God. Oh man. It's a good thing you and I didn't grow up together. Oh no, we would have, we, we, me and my brothers, I'm not going to say which city because I'm sure, I don't know the statute of limitations. We did, might have, may or may not, or somebody else I know that I don't know that wasn't me at all. Oh, right. <laughs> may have set a whole field on fire that uh, we never got caught oh. for. Nice. I mean, not nice, It was a field but... of sticker bushes that were very dry. Yeah, um, nobody It was very those. unintentional. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but luckily we lived in a city and municipality did not care about 
uh, an acre of sticker bushes being burned. <laughs> I'd say half an acre, maybe a thousand feet. It wasn't that big. Come I can on. probably scale it down. Yeah, but yeah, no we, big deal. Half an acre. I got that yeah. on me. Come on. But the backdraft room is sort of. Um, I'm trying to explain it to people who are gonna never experience it because it's no longer available. And it's at like Universal. no other attraction a, that's ever existed in a theme yeah. park. It's just you're standing above this room in this like little like bridge, uh, and you watch. It's like an office, an office building, like yeah, a manufactured office. And the the back room just starts starts on fire and starts shaking. And it just bursts open, and the whole room just catches on fire, and then it just goes away. And the way that most people didn't care. And how I would just keep coming back around <laughs> to see a room count. Oh, I hear oh. you. I was the same way. And that the real treat was to go on the backdraft because it's not even a ride. You're really just standing on like a balcony while this whole warehouse goes up in flames. But if you would go to that and you'd just be flush with heat and then you could hop right on the tram and go to the like flood part where you'd get like oh, doused yes. with water. It was, and the earthquake part of that tram attraction yes. had water too that would kind of spray you and also the heat from the fire and same with King Kong. It was a sensory experience oh, like man. no other. Disney really couldn't place. touch it, yeah. Didn't you work at Disneyland though? Mm-hmm. And Universal <laughs> Studios. You worked, at, you worked at all the facilities? Never Knott's. I wanted to be in the stunt show at Knott's, but I was too much of a twerp. So were you on the stunt shows in the other ones? I didn't do a stunt show though. I did a gunfight comedy show at, Disneyland for a while, but mostly I did improv performance there. And I was also, yeah. this is sort of notorious. It follows me around everywhere. I was the voice of a talking trash can at Disney. <laughs> that was like the state of the art metal trash can that has the like flap opening, but I would control it. It was a fully functional mobile robot and I had a secret bag and I would just stand in the crowd with people dressed in normal clothing and I had a secret mic in my hand and whatever I said would come through the trash can in a high-pitched computer voice and then I would move it oh, and nice. just talk to people. It was crazy. That's insane. I famously have never been to Disneyland. Whoa, That's what I'm known really? For. <laughs> wow, you got to hold out now. That's your identity. Look, at this point, I've worked at for several as a writer for several Disney productions, and I'm just like, they don't they don't just hand out the free Disneyland no, uh, for anyone, and, I'm, and until I get it, yeah, good <laughs> I for will you. fight for it. Good for you. I will I will hold off. I'm going to go in September. That's what I'm... <laughs> I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to go. I just... It's just one of those things where it just waited so long that it's it just became like a small... Because I'm, I'm a... For me, my go-to is uh, Six Flags. Yes. Okay. You're a roller coaster. I'm a, I'm a roller coaster fanatic. I yeah. need to be. I need to feel near death. You got the uh, need for speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh, what a. <laughs> now the world of the theme parks and where you grew up. Like, is it, what's what was the gossip situation growing up there? Was what was was there any was there any fuel of information yeah, going about? There wasn't when I was growing up, but when I did work there, there there is a kind of like cast system. And I don't mean that like as a pun on cast members, because that's what they call employees. But yeah. there really is like the people that work there that drink the Kool-Aid and kind of believe in the Disney cult. And then a smaller, much smaller group that are kind of there almost cynically. And those were usually the performers in the union because they were probably actors themselves. And they were, I think we were making like three times as much as any character or anything. And so we were just there because it was like really good disposable income. It was actually a really well-paying job and you got full benefits. And, you know, in like 2001, I was making like 
close to $30 an hour just doing these stupid improv shows. Yeah, that was, that's a million, to those who are younger, uh, that's like a million dollars an hour. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot. It was <laughs> the first inflation. time in my it's life. A lot. It's, yeah, I was making oh, yeah. disposable income and, and you know, we were. I was working at that time at, at a JCPenney and I was making seven dollars an hour. Yeah, that's about what the characters, the face characters, like the Cinderella's and my wife was a former character and that's what she was making. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Seven bucks an hour to be a fucking Maybe princess? it was more. I don't know. But the way she talks about it <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound still, like Yeah, but still, like that's like you, like that's because there's nothing, it's hot. <laughs> it is yeah. disturbingly hot to be in those costumes and, and you're makeup. dealing with disturbing people often too. Oh yeah. It's like, you're not the princess I want to talk to, which I feel <laughs> <laughs> like that, that would scare me the most. If I got to be a second tier character and get treated with disrespect, like I was the first, like I know. not. God forbid you're like Marjorie from Treasure Planet. I don't even know if that's a character. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that, that poor woman, whoever she might've been. Within this cast system, was there any like, uh, were there anything tumultuous like situations that people, like was there any incestual things that kept happening around you? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, let's say, fraternization between the union people, which by the way, we were all called AGVAs. So the union was the American Guild of Variety Artists, which was, I think, created for vaudeville, but at this point was a union mostly for like circus clowns and things like that. Phyllis Diller was the president at one point. And, of Adva? Uh, yeah. Oh my God. And also, I'll never understand this as long as I live, Agva had a no strike clause with Disney, meaning they couldn't couldn't strike. So there was literally no bargaining power. It was one of the worst unions. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so sometimes- The, the whole uh, point of a union. Uh, yes. Specifically. Yes. <laughs> the, means, <laughs> the thing that renders it meaningless 100%. is the ability to strike. Yeah. So we would sometimes, yeah, there was some dating within and then sometimes you would you know, there would be dating from without the union and into mm -hmm. the regular employees and it could get kind of incestuous. And it was, yeah, it was like a high school in a way, but I was kind of in and out of, I was there a long time, but I would go there and go home. I, I wouldn't get too deep in all that. Well, you said your wife was there, wasn't it? Didn't you? That's right. I met her at Universal. So I'm, I am, <laughs> oh, okay. I am a little guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but that Universal is a whole different program, I'm assuming, because it's. Yeah. It's like the total relaxed uncle that lets you come over and drink a beer and watch an R-rated movie where Disney's your strict <laughs> parents. But my wife, Amanda, and I worked there at Disney together years. We never met each other. And then we met each other one summer at Universal. It's crazy. Oh, that's sweet. Just walking by each other, like literally walking by the castle for a certain deputy to meet, to get you there. But you decided no. <laughs> We're, we're going to meet in the backdrop room. <laughs> 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 fuck your castles. Fuck your princesses. <laughs> we're going back to the future. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's, that is actually very sweet. So how long were you at Universal before you were I was there, there for a matter of weeks, maybe months at the most, because it was a summer where I, speaking of being at home a lot, I was like super reclusive and I was like, I got to get out and see my friends and have a social life. So I knew my friends were working there and I thought, I'll go up there for this summer job. It'll be kind of fun. It'll be easy. It's an improv job. And I did. And I met Amanda right away and just quit because I was like, got what I came for. Because <laughs> the job Mission was- accomplished. Yeah. The job was that we were up on a balcony in that British street of the theme park that you can walk through. And we were just British 
characters who would yell down at park guests in British <laughs> accents. But, you know, what started out as like British archetypes, like a tweedy upper class gentleman, they just boiled down to all you could be was the man had to be like a Rolling Stones rocker and the girl had to be like a <laughs> Spice Girl. And and then really, yeah. And then you're working this job at like a Tuesday at 11 a.m. And the people that come through the park on those days are often, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but like special needs people whose parents will just drop mm-hmm. them off because they get daycare there cheaper than they could pay, ha- have it in real life. Yeah. And so it was just a surreal world. And, and, and I only lasted a few weeks or months in the summer. And then luckily the marriage lasted. Yeah, I for me like great uh, for the marriage, but like I've always like I'm the, I'm the one of the people that goes on a, an off day. Yeah, uh, for smart <laughs> for theme parks, and I feel truly bad for anyone that works there because they they still have to give their all. There's there's no there's no zero to ten. It has to be at a hundred. Like you have to fucking go. So it's like I'm I remember going to I think I think it might have been Magic Mountain and there was just Bugs Bunny saying waving hard to no one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. You have to do that all day. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so like high school wise, we would I was how was what'd you what did you settle in that world? Uh, you know, I was one of those kind of like a little bit of everything, guys. I wasn't the popular kid, but I wasn't an outcast. I kind of floated from group to group, though mostly I was just in theater. But my high school wasn't like quite the stereotypical theater nerds. Like there were jocks in the theater yeah. group. So I was kind of like a a little glad handler, I guess. I was way more extroverted in high school and outgoing. So I was very friendly and just kind of oh. mixed with everyone. I was a little tonic and I was tiny. Yeah, sounds like you had a great experience in high school, which I think is really very, very frustrating for me <laughs> uh, to hear. <laughs> I think I did have a pretty good, I maybe didn't have a great certain periods of college, but I, I did. Yeah. I think, you know why I had a good high school time? Because I was too ignorant to know that it wasn't good. And then when I got to college, my eyes opened a lot and saw that, oh, wait, I'm not as happy as I think I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm very glad you finally got there, Matt. I was a late I would have been very <laughs> late in life bloomer to teen angst. Uh, where'd, you go to, where'd you go to college? I went to Cal State Long Beach. Cal State, you never, you just stayed in the area. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> such a roots guy and such a homebody and I, yeah, and I've never lived outside of Southern California. Yeah. It's, well, it's a great home turf to have. It's not bad. Yeah. Like what's like if anyone like so I know there's a lot of shit talking about uh, SoCal and other places. Yeah. Is there like, is there any particular beefs that you've always that you've always kind of despised when people judge SoCal? Um, no, I understand it because yeah. I think that I share those beefs. <laughs> you know, when they say that LA specifically Hollywood is superficial, they're absolutely right. The well, the yeah. only problem is is like that's. Hollywood and nobody that actually lives and works here lives in Hollywood, really. So it's almost like everybody understands that's just a demilitarized zone that you go there out of necessity, not desire. Yeah. Know? Well, also, I, but here's the thing. I, one thing I always have an issue with is people saying anyone in LA is disingenuous or fake. I'm like, I assure you, good or bad, 
that is that person <laughs> the whole way through. There's yeah. no, yeah. no one is being disingenuous. Even <laughs> the, fa- the pe- people you consider fake, that is, that is a hollow person. There's nothing going on inside. Yeah, that fakeness <laughs> is real. Is, yeah, yes. <laughs> that's their personality. Like that vocal fry is not a, fa- <laughs> like you can't, you, I've, people really go for the, like get upset with a vocal fry and it's like, they can't change the way they sound. No. Like people who have tried to get rid of their vocal fry later in life, like that's just who they are. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I have, this is not my theory, I don't think, but I, I'm sure it's a understood thing that when the Valley Girl craze of the late seventies and eighties hit, it was mocked and it was weird and all that stuff. But then it became like the pop cultural dialect and it took over the world. So anytime you really mock LA and Hollywood, it's yeah. kind of what the world is now anyway, so it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it's, your, it's, it's the mainstream. Like yeah. you're, you're making fun of a trend all over the world now. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. But you grew up near Orange County, which I can only fathom. <laughs> yeah, I worked at the Gap in Brea, which was Orange County, at the, or- the Brea Mall. How was that? It was okay, I guess. I have to say, I mean, I, I think I was just there to socialize once again. And then <laughs> it would get so busy at Christmas that I would literally walk from the front to the store to the back and over and over again. And any time either a manager or a customer would say, excuse me, I'd say, sorry, I'm helping someone else and just keep walking <laughs> back and forth. I did that at Uh I would just be like, I'd, I'd work in the suit department and it would get so chaotic uh, during the holidays. And it was just men who've never worn suits once in their entire life deciding that today would be the day they had to buy one. And I would just cut through everybody going, help somebody else and just yeah. go to the back room and smoke a cigarette. Uh, That's right. Did we talk department. about this on when you were on Conan's podcast? <laughs> yes, it might have. Yeah. I'm, this is I'm. This is where I throw... I, I've worked retail a lot and I, do, I dodged... I'm very good at dodging customers and uh, looking like I'm... I'm very good at looking like I'm working. Yeah, that's an I'm important not. skill. Like I think like that I've done it multiple times, but I think with retail work, it's the easiest to pull off. Yeah, like it's so. I think between me and you, we, we're both pyros. We're both avoiding yep. <laughs> work avoided. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd do the same thing at Disney. Yeah. Oh God, see, even if you were the talking trash can, you can still have to. <laughs> Especially, I would I would take it backstage, open it up, and it would look like I was fiddling, like to fine tune the mechanics of it when I was like resting with my hand on my knee and my eyes closed. And I would just, if a manager would come back, they go, Hey Matt, what's going on? Why are you not on set? I had a problem with this, but I was sitting there sleeping until they walked up. Oh my God. I'm not proud. I've, Oh no, you should be proud. This is <laughs> no, everyone should be proud of this is good information for somebody else in the future. If you, if, like, especially teen, young men and teens, like they need to this information in this world. Yeah. Young How, like, men everyone, and honestly, teens need like, to be a little more entitled. Look, I highly recommend. I fell asleep standing up once while working at Office Max. <laughs> oh my god, that's impressive! <laughs> For fifteen minutes, oh. I was putting pens away, and I was like, and I was just so tired, and I was like, and I just holding on to one like pen, like my whole body just being held by this one little tiny pen rack as I clocked out for fifteen minutes. God bless you. This is you and I have a very similar history. I used to go in the storeroom at the Gap, and they they had these huge boxes of clothes, and it was always so crowded in there. And I would just sleep on these, open the box, and sleep on the soft clothes. But then they had a a two columns of boxes that were stacked like catacorny to each other in the corner of the room. So it's hard to explain, but there was like a a one foot by one foot opening made by the corner of the room and the boxes that went all the way basically from the ceiling to the floor. And I crawled up there to hide and sleep, fell down 
head first with my arms pinned at my side. So only my my feet were sticking out of this hole and nobody was in the stock room and I was just back there. And finally a girl comes in and I go, hey, it's Matt. Can you, where are you? And it's, look, look at my feet. I'm wagging my feet. And they had to bring a bunch of people back there to disassemble the boxes and get me out. <laughs> that is so good. Oh my gosh. You know what? That's look having fun at work wherever you can uh, by sheer laziness is pretty beneficial. Yes. Um. Yeah. Actually, I, I think I remember. Like, I I fell asleep, woke up, put the pen back in. Wow. And I and I walked out. I walked out, and I, one of my best friends was working. Got me with me, and she's like, "Where were you?" I was like, "I took a nap standing up." And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. For me, I can sleep anywhere. It's really. <laughs> it's it is. It's my main trick is. I've, I've fallen asleep at a metal concert. God, that's amazing. To. I'm jealous. I think we're going to move on to the next segment here. This next segment is our mailbag. It is mailbag time. We're going to give out grades. Uh, so I'm going to, first I'll read the submission. I'll ask you to get a grade of it. So it's either dry, moist, or fully juiced. Nice. Uh, fully juiced being the most salacious and dry being very boring. Okay. And then I ask that you kind of explain the reasoning behind it. Okay. Uh, so, got that one? Yep. All set? Yep. All right. So, here's the first one. When my uncle was in the process of getting deported after 25 years in the States, he didn't do anything wrong. He just finally got caught without papers. He sent $50,000 to his sister in Mexico to hold for him while he got all of his affairs in order. When he got there, she didn't have it. For months, she wouldn't tell anyone what happened until she finally admitted that her husband blew it all gambling. Ooh. He didn't speak to her for two years. Ooh. Wow. Uh, that one is... That's rough. That's that's a family secret. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll say. It's, oh. See, that's the issue is that you trust pe- you can trust your family with money. But not your in-laws. No, this, is, this was his sister. But was it... gave the money to. But she... But the her husband. but her husband had access. Yeah, you can't like. Here's the thing. I trust my siblings. Mm-hmm. Don't trust anyone they date. No. They all have terrible taste, like I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. In my case, it's the other way around. I only trust the in laws. Oh, no, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> if they're listening, <laughs> I'd give that. Uh, so what's what's your? I'd give that moist. It's pretty good, but I would yeah. I would save. Ju- what is the juicy one? Or the rating. It's a uh, dry, moist, or fully juiced. Fully juiced, uh, I would say, yeah. for something a little more salacious. Yeah. This one's just a little more tragic and sad. Yeah, this is a very sad one. Yeah, that's the thing with most gossip uh, that I really do enjoy is uh, it's when it's when it's tragic. It's kind of it's kind of like oh yeah, it's a downer. <laughs> oh, sucks sucks for your uncle. I, I wish him but nothing but the best in in Mexico, and hopefully he gets his money at some point. You know what would have been amazing and if that guy gambled him? and just won a ton of money, and then the guy got down exactly to where he's going, and he's like, hey, "Do you have my fifty thousand? No, but I have a hundred thousand. Yeah. Here you go, hundred thousand. See, that's the thing is, if you were good at gambling, that's all you got to be is yeah. good at gambling. Yeah, which doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem with a lot of gamblers. Um, not very good at it. Yeah, most. I think that's. <laughs> all I've never all eventually statistically I'm, all people are bad at gambling. Yeah, yeah. That's honestly that's what I do every time I was on the cruise. Uh <laughs> I would spend too much money. <laughs> I love look, I love gambling okay. a lot. Okay. That's why I'm not in a city that allows me to do it. And however the boats, uh when I had nothing else going on, I would just sit at a penny slot machine and just 
feed it money. I think I would give half of what I've gotten paid every time. <laughs> now, Solomon, this is fully juiced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is, we'll go on to the next uh, little piece of gossip. Okay. Uh, so two bathroom debacles from my old job. All right, first one, uh, one guy uh, from the Texas, but like Austin, Texas office, got fired because he took a dump and forgot his handgun in the bathroom stall. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's... <laughs> okay. I don't, like, I don't... All right, I'll move on to the next one. And we'll okay. Uh, in the main Chicago office, some guy kept taking a huge shit and then not flushing it. Like, this happened for a week straight. Eventually, our CEO called all the men to the bathroom, stood at a table, and threatened to get the poop DNA sample so he could identify and sue slash fire the non-flushing culprit. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's fully juiced. And the one before it, I'd say, is moist. It was good, but compared to that last one, <laughs> that one's fully juiced just because of the the extent that the boss was prepared to go to, which I bet it's a bluff, but I have to appreciate, like, you got to do what you got to do to get this monster to stop. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of monster? Well, I just, <sighs> look, I can tell you right now, there isn't a company in the world <laughs> that takes poop samples for DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. That is, that it's like, at, least not, at least not casually taking poop samples right. for DNA. Certainly it's not. Like, hey, send your shit samples to us so we can solve your office crime. Yeah, <laughs> because probably to do it right, they would have to come do it, not just trust some middle manager to yeah. have collected the sample correctly <laughs> in toilet water that would also have other people's DNA in it, presumably. Yeah. Well, presu- I, I think, well, no, toilet, wa- toilet water should be pretty clear between people. Not if it isn't flushed and... Look, that's a very good question. I'm not very good at DNA. Uh, I've never had to test it. I've... But I will, I think that's a good company uh, to start. Somebody yeah. out there that's listening, this yes. is your chance to take into a mark. Because you know what? Surprisingly, we get a lot of people not shitting in offices as gossip. Wow. That, uh, yeah, that, I is, can see that. A lot of people are shitting and not flushing. That is really, it's everyone's, everyone's favorite trademark when they're pretty pissed off uh, in the world of gossip is to take a dump somewhere and neither not flush or put it in a place or shit somewhere where they're not supposed to shit, which is... Really impressive. Is that just some kind of kink that the society at large won't admit? Because I don't share that kink and I don't understand it, but it does seem to be rampant. Yeah. The main reason I don't even go camping is because I'm put in a place where I'm not allowed to shit where I want to shit, which is the toilet. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, and 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 the idea of having anyone else see what I've created, I don't want that. No. I never wanted that. I never want that to happen to no, me. No, no. I'm not that kind of artist. <laughs> but I've known I've known people who send photos, uh, and I really wish they wouldn't. <laughs> to you? Yeah, I, I had like I had a couple friends in my past who like send me a photo if they took something that they considered a, f- a hefty poop. That oh they were very my proud god! Well, you know what? This reminds me, and this goes to gossip too. There was a friend of ours when we were just out of college. We'll call them this. Sh- this guy's last name was Schneider. It wasn't, but let's just say. And they, <laughs> their mean, family was notorious for having the Schneider poo knife because their family, the men in the family, took such massive dumps that for it to go down the toilet, it had to be chopped. So they kept this knife, the Schneider poo what? knife, next to the toilet. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> That's all I know. I don't know what kind of knife it was. I don't know this uh, any other circumstances. <laughs> I've I got it was a steak knife or like a like I now I, it's that's some, like I never knew that was an option. For some reason I picture one of those like long um cake icing knives that you get like a flat edge with that's like <laughs> with a, blunt with tipped. Edge, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow. I never it's it's that's imp- that's a impressive and b very concerning for whatever's going on in that family's back. Yeah, I know. But I love that it's that it's hereditary. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not just one; it's all of us. That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Oh, that is that is the mailbag. If you want to hear your story on the show, visit teamcoco.com/slash hey juice. Okay, girlie, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with the juice line. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten moldy mascot memorabilia, often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at NJM.com. It just takes a sip. The day is brighter, the sun feels sunnier, the music gets louder. The vibes get, um, summerier? <laughs> well, wherever you're headed, one ice-cold sip of any Starbucks summer drink, and you're on summertime. Order on the app today. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with podcaster extraordinaire Matt Gorley. All right, Gorley, now's the time in our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line. I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Jamal. Let's patch them in. Thank you. Hi. Hey. Hi. Jamal, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. It's good to see you. Um, I'm Solomon. I'm here with Matt Gorley over here. Hi, Jamal. He's over here for me. Pleasure (laughs) pleasure to see you, Jamal. Hi, Matt. Um, Well, Clearly, you have some amazing gossip, and clearly, that's what I want to hear. Uh, so feel free to share. I want to hear every detail. <laughs> okay. So um, I moved to Chicago in my late 20s, and I had just moved there after a breakup. So I'm like, this is this is going to be me taking on the big city. You know, I got a high-powered financial job. I'm working in downtown Chicago, and I'm going to be a whore. <laughs> <laughs> That is the energy I love to hear. Yeah. That is the right energy to have in the world. This is <laughs> this is who I'm going to be moving to a new city, and you know I'm thinking I'm going to be living the big city downtown life, and so I worked in a um, very very large, very very famous building in downtown. Chicago. <laughs> I love that detail. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> 
It requires me to do a little research on my end. But well, I, I love I that you're, I can figure it. you're sparing the legality of a building. <laughs> That's very kind of but you. But let's let's do it. Yes. That, um, the cost might require it. Okay. <laughs> Well, see, the the building plays a key part, oh, so that's why I yes. that's why I'm giving the building a little bit of energy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so again, I'm a baby gay, so as much as I wanted to be a whore, I did not know how to do it. So I'm just you know toddling along in life, living my you know like I said, high powered financial dreams. And the thing about this building in downtown Chicago is that. Uh, I mean, thousands of people work in it, but what's more um, notable about it is the cafeteria in the basement. And so it has one of these cafeterias where it has like 20 different restaurants that you can go to. And so people come from all over downtown to eat in this place. It's not just people who work in the building. And so oftentimes I go down there for my lunch and I go down with my friends. So one day, probably about six months after I had started working there, I had to go to the bathroom. So I, um, down in the cafeteria while I was there eating lunch. And so I went into the bathroom and to my surprise, there were two men in there just jacking each other off. And and I said, Oh my. <laughs> um, oh my. <laughs> oh, hello, sir. Yeah. Oh my. It was a, it was a, oh my. Um, because while it was not something that I was afraid of or, you know, wasn't intrigued by, it was more like, oh, this here. Now. Yeah. Oh, this is happening. Okay. So I just turned around and kind of just, you know, didn't know what to do with that information at first. And so I went back to my table and I said, oh my God, you'll never believe what's happening over there. And so I told my friend and I just said, all right, I'll, I'll just sit on this for a second. And I could not stop thinking about it. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I was just like, well, maybe I'll go down and see what it's about. Just to check see if they if they about. need anything. Just, uh, you know, see what's going on. Yeah. Is everything but he's sanitized? Everyone thirsty? Does anyone need a chip or <laughs> does someone need to be tagged out or in? <laughs> what's go to see what's going on? <laughs> I had no idea that cruising was a thing. So this was me finding out about cruising and finding out about it in my office building. So um, what I came to find out over the next many, many months and years is that it was a very popular cruising site. Ah. And so I would, um, and not only was it popular, but it was known to the building that it was popular because there would be days where there were um, security guards stationed out there. (laughs) No blowjobs in this bathroom today. (laughs) The CEOs are coming. (laughs) Or were they making sure there just wasn't a rush on the room? It's like, hey, we're going to have to charge you now. Yeah, (laughs) We're only doing 15 blowjobs today, sir. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. (laughs) Well, one of the funniest things was most of the security guards that worked there were women. So it wasn't like they were, you know, ready to bust into the men's room at all times. But I guess it was more just like a, you see, we're here, so we know what's going on. (laughs) But 
you know, so my first time I went in there just to see what was going on, you know, I got a blowjob. <laughs> on your first time? Well done. <laughs> you got hired on your first my interview? My first time. <laughs> okay, again, because... I, because this was all so foreign to me, and I'm just never one to say no to somebody. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, I guess this is what we do here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a blowjob. I just didn't want to be rude. <laughs> I don't, I mean, he was offering. Look, I've been, every time somebody's um, offered me a blowjob, I'm like, you know what? Since you're being, since you asked nicely, <laughs> I am the politest blowjob receiver you'll ever meet. <laughs> Oh, easily, easily. I say thank you every 10 seconds. <laughs> I'm just, I, and you know, I'm also like checking on your comfort. I'm like, are you cool down there? Is it's everything like, all right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if the weather temp is down there. So if I can change it, I will do it. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but yeah. And so this, this sort of began a, uh, you know, um, long string of, Having or meeting all sorts of interesting people in that bathroom, <laughs> many, many, many wedding rings. Um, there was a particular guy. Like some of, a lot of them were, you know, one mm-hmm. and done. I, I was a, I ended up being like a serial visitor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they put a plaque with my name on that door. They <laughs> when it's on your doorstep, I mean, perfect. You know, like sometimes I would go to sometimes I would find a way between eleven thirty and one PM to take my one hour lunch and my two fifteen minute breaks <laughs> and just get it all in. That's just because, smart I shopping. Mean, sometimes you go down there and it's just dead. Jamal, I knew you were here when you showed up and, and I'm so know, glad you were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's dead and then other times it's just like banging and you're like, ah, oh, this is this is it. You know, this is where I'm gonna stay for a while. But um, not only was it just like a you stand at the urinal and, you know, wait and see who's biting, but they had a whole um, glory hole set up into the stalls, too, where somebody had like taken out the inner workings of the toilet paper holder. Mm. And so the two stalls connected. And so, um, (laughs) yeah. And so occasionally there was... um, you know, there was glory hole action going on in the building of this, <laughs> or in the basement of this financial building. And so it was just, it was just always a, you know, really fun dichotomy of seeing a dude in a business suit getting fingered. Aww. You know? <laughs> Why did I say, aw? I need to. <laughs> it's just adorable to me. <laughs> The world that we live in. <laughs> it is very sweet. I know. It, I mean, it opened my eyes to so much. Uh, and, you know, I was I was no longer, I no longer considered myself a baby gay after You graduated. Yeah, that was <laughs> you, your, your rite of passage. I did. You did a field study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was my gay bar mitzvah. Do you think that you, you spent so much time there that maybe one day when you pass away that that's, you'll haunt that place and they'll just know you to be the ghost of the, <laughs> the tower bathroom? Look, there's a good chance I'll haunt that place when I go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, based on these like, tales. I'm just, like, I'm just, the, I'm just like that old ghost in Shining just in there. <laughs> yes. Like, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Talking to You're people. wearing like a red <laughs> waistcoat. Oh my god! That, 
That makes me so sad. But at the same time, I know I spent too much time in there because now I have like a weird, like old dude in suits fetish. Oh yeah. It was formative for you. And I think I'm I'm pretty sure that's where that developed. Like I love, I love an old dude with a wedding ring in a suit. Yeah. See, I just like, that really does it for me. I don't, I don't trust any of those people. Uh, (laughs) And you know what? I wasn't there. Well, and the thing is, I don't want anything from them (laughs) other than, you know. Those are my people. Those are the people I love to rob, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would also need a security guard standing on like the other side <laughs> of like a wall just to like oh, make, <laughs> just to make the Boy, this is getting complicated. Can you sit on the side of the door for me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you did not I name know. the building because this is why I'm single. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't want to name the building, and I hope no one tries to guess because I want this place to always be a cruising pl- pl- spot in Chicago. There's no way anyone could guess very tall, very well known Chicago building. <laughs> <laughs> very difficult to figure out. Very difficult. What, <laughs> What I will say, though, I will name this place because um, it was my backup if I couldn't go <laughs> to the one, if I couldn't go to my normal haunt. There was a, there was a full on, like, um, there was a full on cruising spot in the downtown Macy's in Chicago. Oh, wow. I just assume that's the case with every Macy's. No? Yeah, that's every Macy's. That's like, like Nordstrom, though, if you have no, but if you want to see real action, well, and that's the thing. Oh, that's right. You speak. <laughs> when I discovered it that Macy's, I then started visiting other Macy's bathrooms just to check. Oh. You know, I go, I go look for jeans. I go look for shoes. I check the, for the cruising spot, and then you know, I leave. Yeah, unfortunately, this is this is a bygone era. A lot of cruising places are not up to full function as they used to be because of Grinder, and um, that, that breaks my heart a little. And bit. because of the fall <laughs> of the department store, it's all just connected. Yeah, it's really, it's just the economy is really shifting, and it's altering how cruising works. <laughs> And I just, I also think that the whole COVID of it all has kind of beat the last bit of cruising out of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is a, um, that is a, that is a younger, um, more adventurous man's game. Yeah, if you see me having <laughs> sex outside, my house is on fire. That is what's going on. I will. <laughs> if I'm, if it's not my bedroom, something <laughs> terrible went wrong. I'm a very lazy person. I would never <laughs> go anywhere else. I mean, if I'm having sex outside, it's the purge, and I did not ask. For that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but thank you so much, Jamal. That is such a wonderful tale, and oh, give it up to the old cruising spots. <laughs> and yeah, let's let's pour one off the old cruising spots. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Jamal, for that wonderful story. Thanks, I appreciate Jamal. it. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Please hold. Thank you. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, it does. It does make it seem so quaint. It is quaint. It's like it was like I like there. I had I had one point when I like when I was very when I was a baby gay myself. We had a uh, we because it was before Craigslist or anything, and I was too young to go to gay bars. So there was a there was there was a a paper. We had an, we had an alternative paper in Seattle called the uh, the Stranger, and in the very back of it, it had a phone line. You would call in and leave a voice message. Oh. And then people like message each other back and forth that way. Oh. And like, I think like, oh yeah, it was very, it was very cute. I was like, I'm a 19 year old virgin. And then my phone exploded. Oh God, I bet. You know, <laughs> what, messages. the best it was... part of Jamal's <laughs> message was when he mentioned the glory hole and you went, oh, like, oh, well, they connected. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, they try. I mean, look, here's the thing. <laughs> Homosexuals will find a way uh, yeah. <laughs> to connect. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, Matt, that is our episode, and I really appreciate you being here. Anytime, it's Solomon. Uh, I adore you. I had a blast. I'm so glad that this oh. podcast is happening, and um, thank you for having me. <laughs> Almost always, I will happily. And again, I want to have you again. You're so wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. It was my pleasure to have Matt Gorley join me on today's show. Be sure and check out his many fine podcasts Super Ego, James Bonding, I Was There Too, Pistol Shrimps Radio, Bonanas for Bonanza, and of course, from our very own Team Coco Network, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. As always, if you want to tell your story on the juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Please remember to rate and review an Apple podcast. Give us all the stars if you feel so inclined. And as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.